0: Welcome. You're now listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community.
1: Bienvenidos a todos tuning into the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. My name is Joshua Smizer de Leon. And I am happy you joined us today, wherever and whenever you are listening to this. We have started this podcast as a way to bring attention to the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here on Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world. From La Isla to the Diaspora, we hope you enjoy what you hear. This week on the Paseo podcast, Ivan Vega, the co-founder and executive director of the Urban Theater Company, joins the podcast We are gonna talk about the local theater scene here in Chicago, and the role, the significant role, the Urban Theater Company plays in that scene. Ivan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself? What should they know?
0: Uh, I am a, uh, also go by Ivan Vega. So I go by both, right? I'm an actor, producer.
1: Ivan, I have to stop you. I, get, I, I pronounce your name with the Americanized way. So, Ivan? Yes. Ivan Vega. Perdóname.
0: <laughs> no, no, that's okay. <laughs> so I am uh, Puerto Rican, born and raised in La Villita. Hmm. So uh, parents had a Mexican grocery store called El Mexicano with a picture of Vicente Fernandez in the front, but they were both Puerto Rican. Uh, when they came from Puerto Rico, wow. they uh, they came into and settled in that community. So I, I grew up uh, within a business and then learned a lot uh, on how to run a business and how to uh, do a lot of the things that I do on the day-to-day with Urban Theater Company because of my family. Mm. And my grandparents lived right over here, just down the way from uh, the, the two Puerto Rican flanks, um, Paseo Boricua. On uh, evergreen in California. So I uh, had the best of both worlds.
1: Right on. When I think of La Villita, I think of like a, a pretty deep rooted Mexican population, community. Was that the case when you were growing up? I'm just thinking of like shifting, migrating patterns within the city. Sure, okay.
0: sure very. Like, you know, growing up I thought I was Mexican. You yeah, know, that's one of those yeah like it it was all around me you go inside and there's another picture of his, uh, Pedro Infantes and you know you have rancheras playing my parents make menudo mm-hmm. on the weekends like it was just they were fully immersed within the
1: culture I love hearing stories like that I think it's important to get exposure to different cultures I think as Latinos, Latinas, Latinx people, we kind of, we, we rep our, our cultures, but forget that we have like 20 plus countries that, rep, yeah. that make up Latin America. And I remember hearing a, a saying, and maybe it was Jose Lopez that said this, but it was like, Boricua y Mexicano luchando mano y mano.
0: Yes. And I think
1: there's a common misconception that people feed into that Mexicanos y Puerto Ricanos just don't click. But like, there's so much we can learn from each other. It's important to to know both worlds.
0: It really is. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And at the at the end, you know, it's just the the food, the drinks, the culture. You know, mm-hmm. the the upbringing. Like, there's. Uh, there's so many similarities. So sometimes I get you know, joked around. So my Spanish and there's certain words that I say from growing up and yeah. being around that. Like my mm-hmm. even my godparents are Mexican as well, right? So I call them awesome. like my my Mexican cousins, my Mexican family. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful culture and I love it.
1: That's great. You mentioned food, and I feel like there's so many there's so much knowledge can that can be shared over a good meal. Oh, and for I, sure. And I feel like. When thinking of how we share knowledge, pass on our stories, educate one another, those different opportunities—whether it's sharing a meal or going to a good play, a musical—I think theater plays a big role in helping us also share those stories with one another. Yeah. So, how does the how does the urban theater company help share those stories? How do you create that platform? Um, and maybe maybe where we where we should start is really with the mission of the Urban Theater Company. What's your purpose?
0: So things have, have shifted. So uh, this past May, we turned 14. So we celebrate... Happy birthday. Our, thank you. We celebrate our quinceañera next year. <laughs> uh, literally. We are going to have a quinceañera, by the way. I love that. I love it's gonna that. It's going to be amazing. Who's
1: going to be the chambalan?
0: Myself. So it's really... Right. <laughs> it's It's the leadership. So love you have the executive that. director and you have the artistic director. She's going to be the, the quinceañera. And... Uh, our familia are going to be the, uh, the party. So that's fantastic. If you're listening and you're interested in being a Padrino, we need a lot of things.
1: Uh, that's that's <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so for us, it's really um, I've been a part of it since the beginning. I'm the co-founder, one of the co-founders. Uh, I was an artistic director, now the executive director. So I've been a part of every um, pickup, every adversity, every highlight, every moment. Uh, in, in the beginning, you know we were a group of actors who wanted to create art to showcase the Puerto Rican experience, the Puerto Rican stories. Um, everyone had their niche. Everyone had a place to to create their work and it was like, w- w- where are our stories. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard for us to fit in. So we created this. Um, so just recently think, things shifted within the last uh, almost three years when we brought in Miranda Gonzalez, our artistic director. So the focus is deeply rooted within the community. It's always, like it's who we are. We are uh, a reflection and we are part of the fabric of the Puerto Rican community, of Humble Park. So the work we create is a reflection of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We're also, um, within the mission, created a pipeline called La Tribu, which is specifically for um, 18 and over, but for POC designers, actors who want to get involved and learn how theater is created so it's an apprenticeship mentorship program and because of the field foundation we were able to kick it off for our last production so we pair someone who wants to get involved let's say as a producer they can be paired with me and throughout the course of three months six months or a year they can learn what it takes to do that work Mm. um so, what we do is do it per production. So, that process is pretty much three months. So, there's been acting apprentices, there's been administrative apprentices, there's a costume apprentice right now. So, uh, for anyone who's 18 and over who wants to take a stab at it and say, you know, maybe this is something I want to make a career out of, but I don't know how.
1: Right. So, how would somebody that's, that wants to get in this, into this world, into this profession, into this art form? What would be their first point of contact?
0: Reach out to us. They can email us. Um, they can like we're very accessible. And we always we know there's a need, and we always have an open door policy. So it's like if you want to learn about the arts, come to the door.
1: We'll make sure to put that in our description of the podcast, too. We'll yeah, link find out more information, site.
0: and it's something that's still being developed. So, you know, there'll be an actual form where people fill out what they want to learn, what are the expectations, all of that. Right. So we'll get more in detail, but that's important for us. It's not only our community, but it's also the youth in the community as well. Mm-hmm. So as a theater, we're reflection for a lot of the Things that are going on in the community. We're extension of that. We're preserving culture. We're preserving arts. We're preserving our community. So we're doing that on behalf of the theater.
1: Great. For El Tribo and for the actors currently with the company, is it only for artists of color? Or is, uh, you know, what, what is the, what's the target audience?
0: It is specific, right? Anyone is not only Latinx, but it's uh, anyone who's uh, someone of color. Right, like it's, but not limited to, if there's someone who wants to get involved, again, reach out to us and then we'll figure out a way.
1: Great, allies are welcome. No, of course, there always Very are, cool. right? Great, and then uh, just going, going back a little bit for La Tribo, is that ju- so that's actors, stage designers, producers? Lighting
0: designers, Leiden. any okay. production crew, producer, admin. So it's really all around, um, and it's something that we will be doing every production. and hopefully create that pipeline where we can point people to a university and they say, you know what, I want to go to school for this. Great. We have the context. Here you go. Or I'm going to move West Coast and where do I get started? No worries, right? So it started because of the national connections that Miranda and I have. Mm -hmm. And we were always at this point. A lot of the things I learned, a lot of things I talk about is mentorship and the lack of mentorship, especially for, you know, black and brown kids. And, um, I always make it accessible for people because I want them to learn this, right? That I want them to have access to the arts because it's a powerful tool to come together to tell our stories.
1: I think that's great, especially for people that are here in Chicago. For aspiring artists, for people that want to get into this world that may not live in Chicago, may not have access to a place like the Urban Theater Company, is there any advice that you yourself could give or have for aspiring Actors, stage designers, like what, what would be some good opportunities to learn that craft? Any, yeah, any there's, a, you
0: know, a, just the hashtag comes to mind that our friends from Definition Theater Company, mm-hmm. they always use stay in it, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's part of it, right? It, I think the arts are uh, extremely, um, it's its challenging, but we do it for the, the love. We don't do it for the money. So um contact people figure out you know who you want to work with right identify like who is doing theater who's doing art in your community and just reach out for the most part you know like there's a responsibility of people that are like in my position because if someone reaches out how do you help them out right Mm -hmm. because we were there at one point in time so reaching out emailing connect with them the beauty about social media right now is that you have access to everyone so if you want to True. get involved, all you have to do is follow what they're doing. go see their work, introduce yourself. right? It's, it goes to the basics.
1: Yeah. It's definitely nerve-wracking to cold uh, cold call or cold email or just like randomly introduce yourself to someone you don't know, but it can make a big difference in it, your life.
0: It is, and you know what we' we're, we're all the same. yeah right're we're, we're, even though we're a theater company that's approaching 15 years old. Um, and no one in the company is on salary, so we get paid per project, Mm -hmm. Um, there's no difference between us and the bigger theaters in Chicago. The only difference is they have more zeros in their budget. We're doing the same work, we have the same struggles. Um, We're all fighting for audiences, right? They a lot of the same grants. Um, So when you kind of break that down, like see each other equally, you know? If this is something that you wanna do and you wanna get into, and sometimes you have to just keep pushing that 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 foot forward.
1: Going back fourteen years, yeah. How did you start something like this? What was the specific need that you felt was the spark that initiated this this formation of this company?
0: It's I was in college, you know. I remember just kind of creating a theater company for class, and uh, it really just got me thinking. Um, but it also really started in college. And unfortunately, the lack of diversity, the lack of opportunities, right? I was working more outside of university than I was at university. I wasn't doing main stage shows. So it's one of those, but the connections that I made and the directors and the people that I met are still friends today. Um, So keeping all those things in mind was just adding on. So I met people who at one point started what was Teatro Urbano. That was our our incorporated name back in 2003. So we're really older than 15, so we've been around for a while. Like, I was 25 when this all began. I'm 41 now. So it's been a big part of my life. It's been my school to learn all of this. I started as an actor, you know, so I was forced to be an administrator, a producer, and learn how to do all these things, but it only makes you a better actor when you know how to do that administrative stuff and when you know what it takes to create a production and it makes you a better uh, uh administrator as well to know that side so you know how to deal with people as well um but i got together with friends and we were an in-house theater at segundo ruiz belvez when they were in milwaukee on milwaukee and wicker park um and uh we never got a chance to do a show there, but we rehearsed and we did events. Um, but they ended up selling that. Mm-hmm. And then we knew that Humble Park was always a place we wanted to make home. And, um, again, it's like keeping that eye on the prize. Like, we knew that's the work that we wanted to do. That was our community, so we started to just make those connections Um we, Teatro Urbano was around for possibly a year, and then you know leadership wanted to take the company in a different direction, and we had to break away from that. I assumed artistic director position, and then it kind of took off in a different way for our very first production in 2005.
1: So located right here in Paseo Boricua, right on Division Street, looking at your website, it said, from the streets to the stage. Yeah. We are in a super gentrifying area. And when I hear from the streets to the stage, I'm thinking of like certain like urban experiences, especially in communities of color that aren't really relatable to highly gentrified areas. Mm-hmm. From the streets to the stage, do you feel like that still applies to what you do now in, in a space like Paseo Borigua with Humble Park gentrifying in the way it is?
0: For sure, right? It always, you know, those are thing, things that we've done. Like, we're all really well th- thought out and we've always just been creative, but that's something that always resonated with us mm-hmm. from our logo being upside down, you know, really speaks to, at first, people were like, oh, man, what are you doing? That's a diss, right? It's like, well, mm. what what is that? You know, what's your interpretation of that? Mm-hmm. For us, for me, it's a reflection of Chicago, right? right. We're the only company in Chicago that has a Chicago skyline in their logo. So that, as, as we talk about like our mission and, and having this new artistic director come on board and changing things, that made us think of our model even more, from the streets to the stage, from all of the streets within Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's about us telling Chicago stories for and about Chicago. We're one of the only theater companies as well that has an admin team of Chicago-born and raised individuals. Right
1: they are, right?
0: You know, you wow. have Tony Bruno, who's our company manager, who's... Yeah. I think uh, I
1: know Tony's father. Uh, is his father's name Roque? Roque, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yes. Roque Bruno, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, Roque Bruno. Yeah, I know him well. Yeah, so he's been apart for
0: a while, and Miranda Gonzalez I've known for years. You know, we go back since, like, 2003, so we were friends. She was friends with my wife when they were 14, and they were part of the dance crew together. Wow. So things happen when they're supposed to happen, and it's the right time now. So when we looked at that, like, at season 13, our model. So it is Chicago. It's the streets of Chicago, and it all points back to the stage. For us, you know, like I think where I grew up and, on all, and all this theater was just a big shift in me. It really just kept me focused and it kept me really now at a point where it really speaks to our community and how do we give back, how do we contribute, what do we do differently. So. Um, the logo and in, in, in our, in our motto are two things that we always look back on, and it keeps us on track and it keeps us focused.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I'd never even thought of that. When I, when I see your logo, the, the first thing I was thinking initially was, not necessarily like this is a reflection of Chicago, but more so like when you see it right side up, that's the, the outward facing version of Chicago that people from the outside looking in see or for the people that think they know everything about Chicago, but what they think about is like North Shore, downtown. Mm-hmm. And when, when I see that upside down logo, I start to think of the stories that aren't brought to the surface level. Mm, Those yeah. like hidden gems that yes. don't get the attention that they deserve. Uh, and I, going on season 13 is incredible because y'all do how many shows a year? Like, so where
0: we, like, this is the show that we're doing is the beginning of 14, but we only mm-hmm. do two shows a year. Okay. Right. We're we're not in a place where we can move up to 3. Yeah. So we're experiencing a lot of growing pains and mm-hmm. there's a lot of great things that are happening at the moment.
1: It's a big so undertaking it to is. do one show.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, I think uh, we've been able to see our our operational budget really almost quadruple in the last 3 years.
1: Congratulations. But yet
0: still we're not here no one's on salary. So that's mm-hmm. an, that's another conversation about, you know, like foundation support as well. You have people that start an organization in the first year and everyone's on salary. But how do we do that? How do we make it happen? It goes Mm -hmm. to that mentoring, that education, right? How do do the funders and, and corporations give to organizations that do what we do in the community that we're in?
1: What is your reality like when balancing that, the reality of not making a salary but being so passionate about something that is is growing and you're experiencing these yeah. growing pains but you also have to keep the lights on per, for sure. You know, yeah. make sure there's food on the table yeah. um, how do you how do you balance that how do you manage that in your day-to-day life
0: i don't know but i, I just <laughs> figuring it out i just do right like, i think there is it's i have two kids you know i'm married we just bought a home earlier this year so you know there's ad, that ad, added responsibility but I also know that even though I have love for being on stage, I don't have the time at the moment. Mm-hmm. It takes up a lot of time because we have to pay for bills and you know, and eat and do that. But I have my full-time job and I work with the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. So that also keeps me really rooted and keeps me connected to what happens in the community. Um, but closer than ever, that's where we're at. You know? I'm probably a year away from that happening. Um, and and it it needs to happen in order for the company to move forward and thrive and get to that next level Mm -hmm. Um, but it it is a delicate dance that's uh, Miranda is when she came on board she's a mother as well she has three kids she has a partner so there is uh, we have something in common there we have that language that's just like okay you're gonna be here because I'm gonna be with my family okay let's switch it off so that's something that we're always conscious uh, as well.
1: I appreciate you sharing that insight too. I think that's helpful for people that are in similar positions like you are in or are aspiring to like one day found their own theater company but also i think we have these expectations of what that looks like like we romanticize that a little bit but it's work it takes work right yeah right
0: you know at one point you want to be in the arts or be in theater because you want to be famous right you Mm want to you want to be in hollywood you want to do that that's all great when you're younger Mm -hmm. but at the end you just want to be a working artist you want to make a living doing what you love. That's what we all want to do. Um, and in Chicago, you have a community that works their 9 to 5 to do what they love at night. And they do that all the time, and our cast does that, and our crew does that, and it's the one place that, that there's respect for that, you know? It's, you have a long day, but you do it because you love it. And then you add the family within the mix, and it's just like, oh, there's another thing. How do we, how do we make that work? But I'll just say one thing is that mm-hmm. knowing that I was an actor, and I am an actor, like I have had opportunities to go to New York and LA. But I always thought of, if I leave, what happens to the company? What happens to the work that we're doing and where we want to go? So that rooted me here, and that rooted me to stay, because our, our co-founders, we still keep in touch, but they moved on to work on their acting, they moved to LA, they've gone on to do their things. but. I always had like I always had that towel in my hand because I'm like, man, I just want just want to be an artist. That's all I want to do. Um, but here we are, and I think that work is finally paying off. And we're at a place that when we can set it up, if it's time for me to move on, it's in a place that it's a well, uh, well-oiled machine, right? It'll just yeah. be a moving on on its own. Um, but that's just for anyone aspiring to do the arts, stay in it, right? Stay on track because it, it's, it's difficult. Um, and we always want to give up, but follow that dream.
1: Yeah. I, I, I'm a firm believer in you work yourself out of a job and maybe that is a year, maybe that's 10 years, maybe that's 20 years, but we all have our own skills and talents that we can contribute to an organization, to a community. And sometimes I think people forget that, you know, it's not, it's not about having a sense of ownership. It's about a passion for the work. Yeah. And when you do that and you're able to create something that's sustainable, that frees you up to then move on to another community, another organization and impact it in the same way that you were able to impact the place you were in before. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing that sometimes gets gets lost when we start thinking about I want to own my own business. I want to be the boss. I wanna, yeah. you know, make all this money. Why yeah, do you do
0: and that? And you forget, you know you forget tit- the mission. Titles know? ain't nothing, right? You know, it's it's what you do with what you have. That like that that's what's important. And to me, you know, like yeah, no matter like how successful people are, always stay true, always be humble, right? Always be grateful. Like it's, it goes back, don't forget where you came from.
1: I wanted to ask you just one last question on the Urban Theater Company as a whole and the local theater scene here in Chicago. You touched on this a little bit, but what would you say sets the Urban Theater Company apart from other local theaters, other local theater companies here in the city?
0: Um, There isn't, in my opinion from what I see, a community, a theater that is truly connected to community the way we are. Right? If you look at the over 250 theaters that are in Chicago, there are some that are doing it. There are some that don't even know their neighbors there are some that don't even support their businesses so it's one of those that it's for us right like people are doing their thing and they're doing it great but it is the relationships that we've built within this community it's it's the initiatives that we've created to um, with our restaurants in the community so people our audience members can eat at that restaurant and walk to the theater if someone has never been to our, one of our plays, we want them to spend money in the community. So how do we stir uh, that you know economic pot here in Humble Park? Because not every business in the community thrives. But if we can kind of use some of uh, our followers to like kind of shift some business to, to them, then we're doing much more than just theater. When Hurricane Maria happened, I wanted to do something, and I was like, "What do we do?" how do we make something work? We had just done a play called La Gringa, so I got together with some people, um, we rented a a theater, I had some some sponsors come on board in the theater who help offset costs, and we created a fundraiser over the weekend with the play, and we had different tier tickets, and we ended up raising $10,000 for a school in Old San Juan. So, We didn't keep a penny from that. So what do you do with what you have? And I always say we are more than just the theater. So that also for me is like, what else can we do outside of creating great work and writing plays? We have that down, you know, and I pride ourselves on that because I know we do good work. A lot of mediocre work, but you have to make sure that the work is good, uh, every production. like, what do you do with what you have? How do you keep stretching yourself and also be uncomfortable in those times? But work with the community that supports. If, if our community doesn't support us, then what are we doing? What are we doing wrong? You know, if, if we're doing work that we just want to do just because we want to be on stage, but it doesn't reflect our community, then we also have to like revisit that. And we did so a lot of self reflection, you know. Mm-hmm. And as the neighborhood changes, as gentrification. Uh, becomes a lot more, um, um, like, real within Paseo Boricua. Like, it's real now, but, like, I'm Paseo, and our audience changes, like, and then what happens to us? So that's a big question that we're already thinking about because other companies, like Latino Chicago Theater, who were in a firehouse in Wicker Park, experience that. So then, do we move? Do we stick it out? Do we continue to do what we do? So... A conversation, hard conversations to, to think about what you have to.
1: Yeah, we have to think holistically about these things and we always have to be thinking years in the future not just I mean, it's great to, to live in the moment, but we also have to plan for the future. You mentioned uh, so the word support and one way that we as a community, as people in the community can support a theater company such as the Urban Theater Company here in Paseo Boricua is to go to some of these plays. And there's one play in particular that premiered this week, Back in the Day, an 80s house music dancicle. I've never heard of the term dancicle before, but you have my attention. Tell our listeners, what is Back in the Day? What's this play about?
0: It is, uh, Back in the Day is also a part of uh, the Chicago Latino Theater Alliance uh, festival that's called Destinos. And Destinos, it's an international uh, Latino Theater Festival, and uh, we're happy to be a part of that. We're one of the four local theater companies that perform in the festival every year with Aguijón Theater, uh, Water People, Teatro Vista, and then us. So this is inspired from Jose Gringo Echeverria's book, The Real Dance Fever. Uh, There's a part one and a part two. Um, Gringo reached out to us like probably 10 years ago, but we weren't ready and uh he always wanted to uh, to do the the play and miranda came on board and they kind of circulated again and then she was just like boom it got her and i knew that she was the right person uh so she is the playwright of this this piece of work so it's inspired by her because she added a lot so it's a story about uh the latinx dance crews in the 80s the Gulitos, Imported Taste, and the All Stars. And during that time, these dance crews created a safe place for them to be out, you know? Majority of of queer dancers who created community, who organized at Clemente and Wells, you know, who were really a part of a community, and would go and compete at these juice bars uh, to dance. So, uh, like these youth bars were actually like, they were spiked, so they would mm-hmm. go out there with their crews, <laughs> they had like, you and know. people
1: really enjoy the show.
0: Oh, like yeah. <laughs> they were really like battling and they had yeah. these, these, these great choreography. Um, so you'll see that in our play. Um, so we just wanted to also archive that experience, you know. It's the end of disco, beginning of house music. A lot of people are like, that ain't house music. I was like, this is a piece of that history mm-hmm. of house music that was created here in Chicago. And we're happy to be showcasing this play. We did the workshop production uh, over the summer and ran eight weeks at uh, Chopin Theater. So it was a, a test run. We wanted to feel it out. And since then, it's changed completely. Miranda has rewritten the play. Um, now we have one director, which is Raquel Torre. It's choreographed by Brian Arzel. We have a cast of 12 uh, in that little urban theater about the Urbano, you know, but it is a fully immersive experience, which means that as you enter the theater, you are going to uh, be taken back to this world. We're creating the club, we're creating Janelle's, and uh, it is standing, right? So there means there, there are seats, but there are a limited amount of seats for those who requested but we encourage everyone to stand and walk about to experience the place so you'll be standing around we'll be serving uh, uh, some of that uh, you know jungle juice as well Uh,
1: I love this so much. Yeah, right?
0: So you're really like... You're,
1: <laughs> you can't see this because you're, you're, you're listening to this. You can't see us in the studio right now, but I have the biggest smile on my face. Right? Like, like, this totally has be my attention. You're
0: hanging intention. out. Yeah, I love we'll, this. Uh, and you'll have actors who will be interacting with you and you know, a battle will take place in front of you. Yeah. They may push you aside. They may move you around and guide mm-hmm. you. But you're really... Everywhere you look, like, they're taking over the theater. Um, it's I, I mean I saw a run of it and I was extremely excited. I looked over at Miranda and and she was just glowing because this is what she wanted. Mm-hmm. And as a playwright, again as a mother, as all of this, like yeah. to to do this has been extremely difficult. But for her to see that and for me to see that was extremely rewarding because uh, this is new territory for us. You know, we mm-hmm. not every day that we do a danceicle that we do an immersive experience like this. So we're also stretching ourselves. Um, But we can't wait to share this with Chicago. Um, We open October 10th and we run to November 2nd. Um, Yeah, tickets are available on our website. Uh, Come on out. Tickets will go fast, but uh, we promise that this will be a great experience. So if you know Hank's, if you know Medusa's, if you know Janelle's and you want to take a trip back in time, come to Urban Theatre Company.
1: It's not every day you can experience an immersive uh, play such as this. There is a website for the Urban Theatre Company, and I, I do want to hear what that website is, I want to hear the social media handles, but just before we get to that, if anybody listening wants to see some of the other themes that the Urban Theatre Company has tackled through, through their plays, the website uh, has a listing of all their seasons, so definitely check that out. For our listeners, Yvonne, can you share what the website is? What's that URL? What are yeah. the social media handles? And then, um, if you have any public-facing social media channels, share those with our listeners as well. How can we keep in contact yeah. with all that?
0: Urban Theater Company. Uh, our website is urban theater with an E R. Chicago spelled out. dot o r g. org, dot org. And uh, pretty soon uh, you will see uh, a new website that we will be launching next week. Um, Our social media handles are at Urban Theater Company. You'll find us on Instagram. You'll find us on Facebook. We're very active. Engage with us. Um, That's the beauty is that if you engage with Urban Theater Company, more than likely you're speaking to me. You're speaking to Tony. You're speaking to Miranda. It's not just someone who's hired on to do our social media, uh, and that's what's important for us as well.
1: Ivan, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you taking the time.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: We want to thank again Ivan Vega for coming on the podcast. We appreciate him giving us a little peek behind the curtain to really understand why the Urban Theatre Company exists and why it's important to support it. Without our awesome guests, this podcast would not be possible. And without you, our listeners, this would not be possible. So we really appreciate you listening. If you want to reach out to the show, connect with us by visiting our website, basilmedia.org, emailing us at baseopodcast at gmail.com, and following us at Baseo Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a tip, want to pitch a story, or send us a compliment, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading this episode, and see you next week. We want to take this moment to say thank you again for listening. When you download our podcast or subscribe to the podcast itself, that makes a world of difference. So gracias for taking your time to listen to us. We also want to take this time to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. The Puerto Rican Cultural Center, located at 2546 West Division Street right here in Chicago, is a community-based, grassroots, educational, health, and cultural services organization founded on the principles of self-determination, self-actualization and self-sufficiency that is all activist-oriented. For more information on the work they do, give them a visit at their website at prcc-chgo.org. Again, that's prcc-chgo.org. Now, if you or anyone else you know would like to be a sponsor of the Paseo Podcast, Please email us at Paseopod at gmail.com. That's P A S E O P O D at gmail.com. Tell them Joshua from Humboldt Park sent you.